Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Galatians 6. Yesterday, we talked about that phrase, walking by the Spirit, and how we know that sounds good. We know we're supposed to do that, but we're not always very clear on what it means. And oftentimes, it ends up coming across as something more based on feelings than anything really concrete. And we saw how there are some very clear things that walking by the Spirit should mean, according to our reading from yesterday. I think another mistake that we can make with this idea of walking by the Spirit is it sounds so good and we can maybe make it overly idealistic and even just take that phrase, well, if I walk by the Spirit, everything will just be great. And that's where I don't want to undersell. No, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You will experience the fruit of the Spirit, and those are great things. But our passage today in Galatians 6 reminds us of some of the hard things that might come along the way. And we'll see this in two primary ways in this passage. First is we're going to have to deal with the reality of sin in others and ongoing temptation in ourselves. We see that in the first few verses of the chapter. Brothers, verse 1 says, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So there, if you're tempted to think that, well, if I just walk by the Spirit and I get with other Christians, we'll always just be walking by the Spirit and there will never be any problems. I'm sorry, that is called heaven. And we will experience that in its fullness in glory. In this world, even when you gather with other Christians, even when you are a part of a healthy local church, there will still be problems caused by sin. And this passage gives us a roadmap for how to deal with those things. We need to restore those who are caught in transgression in a spirit of gentleness. Because we know that there is a struggle in the Christian life. We're not going to be too arrogant or proud to be patient and kind and gentle with others. We will even do so humbly knowing we will be tempted by sin. And then you get to verse two and it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, sometimes when we hear that phrase, bear one another's burdens, we think of helping each other in some of the practical areas of life. Hey, this person just went to the hospital. Let's provide meals for that family. Or this person is moving. Let's help them move. Let's bear one another's burdens. And those are certainly good things that Christians should be seeking to do for one another. But if you look at this specific verse, 
and its context. I think the main thing Paul has in mind here when he says bear one another's burdens, he's talking about the burdens of sin and temptation. Because the verse before this phrase and the verse after this phrase are clearly dealing with that topic handling sin and temptation. So we need to bear one another's burdens. Do you want to be involved in a healthy local church? Well, get ready to roll up your sleeves and get dirty to some extent, because you will have to bear the burdens of sin and temptation that others are experiencing in your church. And so two things we talk about often at our church, two things that I really want to encourage you to think about in response to this passage is, if we're going to live this out, you need to be ready, one, to share your own burdens, and you need to be ready to bear the burdens of others. Are you seeing those things happen in your lives? And one thing you should see up front with that is if we're only ever just skimming across the surface and talking about the weather or the economy or our favorite sports teams with other people at church, if we're never really talking about what's going on in our lives, we will never get here. And also, if you're only ever sharing, well, this is what's going great in my life, who's going to bear your burdens? Because I guarantee you, you are dealing with temptation. You are still dealing with sin in the process of sanctification. Who knows what you are going through? And again, there may be things you can't share with everyone, and it may not even be appropriate to do so. But are there people in your life who know your burdens and whose burdens do you know? And you are helping to bear those burdens through prayer, through accountability, through conversation, through support. There's so many ways we need to care for one another. So if we are really going to live this out in a world that is not yet perfect, we need to be ready to share our own burdens and we need to be ready to bear the burdens of others. And that may seem messy. Well, it it is, but it's necessary. And so we need to make sure we don't kind of get into a too idealized view of the Christian life where everything is just going to be great all the time. No, there will be messes still caused by sin and we need to deal with them. And we need to deal with them with gentleness and really with a heart to serve one another. And also another thing that comes out clearly in this passage We also need to deal with these problems with humility, knowing that we too will be tempted. So watch out. Before we get to the second thing, there's another comment in verse six, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Now this connects with some things we saw in Corinthians, where Paul even was defending his right as an apostle, or really the right of those who teach the word of God to make a living off of that. And here you see another verse that that supports that. Hey, those who teach the Bible, let them devote their time to studying and teaching the Bible. And so share with them so that they have the means to support themselves so that they don't have to go and do some other job, but they can focus on teaching. And even Paul shows with his own example, there may be times where a teacher needs to do something else to support himself. But the ideal I would think we would see here is, well, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. The next thing we come to in this fight to not just 
think the Christian life will be perfect all the time is the realization that it will take time. As you walk in the Spirit and you do what is right, that will not instantly make your life heaven on earth. There still will be challenges, and you won't always see instant results. Just consider if you have been walking in the works of the flesh, if you have family or friends, I will guarantee you your works of the flesh will have had a negative effect on your family and your friends. And if you're expecting, well, I got saved. I'm going to live differently now or I've repented of some sin in my life and I'm seeing growth in my life. Well, now my family and my friends, it's all going to be great. Mm, It might not be that way. It might be, there might be instant change, but it's not always that way. And that's where this imagery that he uses of sowing and reaping is helpful. Yes, we will reap a harvest, a harvest of the fruit of the spirit, but that will only come after sowing. And many of us are not in the practice of actually farming as much. Between sowing and reaping, do you know what there is? There's waiting. And we need to keep sowing and not just get discouraged when we don't see immediate results. We need to keep going. And you see, he realizes that will be a temptation. And that's why in verse 9, he says, let us not grow weary of doing good. Paul knows it will be a temptation. I feel like I'm sowing the right things, but I'm not seeing the results that I want to see right away or fast enough. And so he knows there will be a temptation to grow weary in doing good because we're not seeing the fruit of it as much as we would want to see. And so he says, no, don't grow weary. We will reap. And another thing to notice there, he says, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith, I think we should connect that back to an observation we made yesterday, looking at the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit and noticing those all aren't just about us and our own personal walk with Jesus. Many of those things deal with our interactions with others. And so especially if you feel like I'm doing the right thing in some difficult relationships and I'm not seeing immediate turnaround, keep doing good. You will reap. And many times the effect in those relationships will be delayed. Sometimes you may never see a change in this world, but you will reap, especially when you think of an eternal perspective. So we need to walk by the spirit. That does not mean that everything is going to be perfect all the time. We will still have to deal with sin in our midst and things will not go as quickly as we may want them to. So let us not grow weary. Paul closes out the letter then with some comments. And again, you see him going back to the clear context of false teachers telling the Galatians, you need to be circumcised. And Paul again is saying, well, part of the reason they're doing that is ultimately they want to boast in your flesh. But I'm not here for boasting. In fact, I'm willing to be persecuted. Verse 17, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. No doubt that's referring to scars of physical suffering Paul has endured for the sake of the gospel. And the only thing he's hoping to get out of it is not being able to boast in anything that he has done or anyone. Verse 14, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. May we all aspire to be able to say the same thing, that our only boast 
certainly not in anything of ourselves. It's not anything that we have done. It's not in who we are, but it's in Christ and his cross because everything that we have flows from that. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.